Hello, this is Lisa LaRose on Connect to Love here on PRNFM, and I am joined, as always, by the wonderful Michael J. Russ. It is such a delight and a pleasure, Michael. How are you, and uh, what's bubbling in your world today? I'm doing really, really well. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be with you on this uh, on this show. Um, beautiful day, hot day. <laughs> beautiful day, hot day. Um, it's, uh, I, I, I think I talked last week about how I like to do projects that have, because they, projects have a, uh, sense of completion to them that you, I, it's very satisfying for me. And, uh, as I've talked about before, life satisfaction, um, is, is an automatic generator of happiness and, uh, well-being. And, uh, so I finished up the, uh, the four barn doors this week, four new barn doors, prepping them for painting this weekend. So I'll get a chance to, to, uh, to paint those, uh, later on in the week as my little side project. I published another podcast on my Life Moves podcast show. And, you know, it was a holiday weekend here, uh, in the United States, Labor Day. And it's interesting. One day of golf, and I got to do a lot of cool things. And I don't know if anybody – I'm not going to be a spoiler alert. Uh, however, the the new James Bond movie that came out this past year, um, the last one they produced, threw me for a loop. I had no idea about the ending of that show. Of course, it's in the title, uh, A Time to Die, I guess is what it was. But, uh, wow, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, men uh, became less hard, more soft, you know, more uh, loving, and they showed a softer side of, of James Bond, which is, which is really, really interesting. Uh, and, Aww. you know, this is where we are today. This is where we are today. You know, it's the, the uh, first with the, the Top Gun Maverick, where he had a softer side uh, in, in, in his movie, and a great ending. From that perspective, let's keep the ball rolling here. All these, all of these uh, iconic uh, male roles that are full of testosterone uh, are now being written into movies uh, that, you know, sequels that have them transforming. Really, really mm-hmm. interesting uh, and and very positive, I think, for as a, as a, uh, a way of uh, helping people understand that, uh, that you can over time uh, transform. You don't have to be, uh, um, uh, you know, both of them had kind of been very misogynistic in their earlier movies. And James Bond is like, I don't know, the, the poster child for misogyny, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you look at a dictionary, misogyny, oh, James Bond, yeah, the various incarnations of James Bond, you know starting way back in the Goldfinger and the other days in the 60s. Wow, that was a totally different time, wasn't it? Uh, For sure. sure. (laughs) Yeah. I went to the movies as well. Uh And, you know, the the movie that I chose to see was 3,000 Years of Longing. And it was so, it was very unexpected. Uh, A lot of the things that you, exactly what you were speaking about, how misogynistic men were throughout the ages. I mean, it was, you know, it was very interesting uh, concept where, um, uh, Tilda Swinton plays a character who finds a bottle, and um, as she's cleaning it out, pops a genie who has had over 3,000 years of experiences with the different individuals who made three wishes, and he oh, yes. begins to tell her the stories about 
what happens and she said you know there is it seems that this wishing is um, there's no story of wishes that it's not a cautionary tale and that you have to really be careful what you wish for and what was was so interesting because you and I last week we spoke about the the people that leave footprints on our heart and who why we are in each other's lives how we have that we gift each other with the ability to see the world in a new light and that's sort of what this genie did and in and I won't like you said I won't be a spoiler alert but one of the the people that did make wishes requested that they receive all the knowledge possible but what happened in their quest for all the knowledge possible they lost sight of their human connection and um, it was just you know it you know it was one of those movies that really touches your heart and you <laughs> ended you didn't really want it to end and you wanted to see you know uh, you wanted you know to watch it again because there was so much to see and to experience in the movie so um, that movie definitely did leave a, a footprint on my heart and you know when we were speaking last week Michael you know you you said it, for everybody that is open to receiving uh, the gifts of somebody else there are those who have maybe perhaps been rejected or hurt or made a mistake or live in a place of fear and they're not open to that and you said that would be a really great topic of conversation uh, for today's show so um, I'm going to let you start off with because I I know you were so inspired um, by the conversation and and I'd love to hear your thoughts it's it's interesting I, I think both of us because we thank you so much number one uh, we 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 you were talking something popped through my head I just started off with uh, the transformations and of, of Bond and uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick <laughs> in Top Gun Maverick, and both of those movies literally had um, female uh, leads that left footprints on the hearts mm-hmm. of both characters. It was really interesting, and, and footprints that they that they eventually succumbed to eventually had to deal with you know they eventually had that that uh in 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 bond he had a a, a love interest uh, and i'm not going to go into all the details however that love interest uh it was uh, is somebody who out of all the women he'd ever been with in, in his life touched him the most the one he really fell in love with the one he actually said he was in love with her something you don't hear bond uh say very often to anyone uh, same thing with uh, in in Top Gun Maverick, uh, the uh, lead character, uh, you know, had footprints left on his heart. Very very interesting, and um, I think also what's interesting is that I know in one of the earlier Bond movies he was in love with a, a young lady who left footprints on his heart, who then turned around and betrayed him, and, he, and then he still moved past that and made a uh, a connection with someone else. And in our lives, we we do this. We 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 go get into relationships of all kinds. It could be friendships, could be uh, intimate relationships, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Um, and 
whatever the context of a relationship may be, where somehow it doesn't end well. Somehow something goes on and we uh, make assumptions and they make assumptions or expectations aren't realized and we, we're let down, we're disappointed, whatever it may be. And then we, uh, we go apart and uh, drift apart, just literally sometimes it's a drift, sometimes it's just a, uh, you know, a sledgehammer uh, and that's it, it's over. Uh, however, everybody that you connect with in some way, in my view, should leave some sort of small footprint on your heart. They should. To me, that's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a normal thing. And if your heart is not really open to having those footprints, and I'm going to tell you a little story about my mother. It's really interesting. Uh, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind um, because it's a teachable moment. However, she said, and she would, if she were here with us in this interview, she'd, she'd say this very same thing. The first time she had to leave with my dad, they had to leave a station. This was really before uh, my brother was born. Uh, when my father in, in uh, 52 graduated from uh, Tuskegee University, he, he was a, a second lieutenant in the ROTC, went off on his career. I can't say where they went, New Jersey or somewhere. Uh, and uh, we had to do some training, and she made friends. They were there about a year, and she made really close friends, and mom used to have a really, really open, really open heart, she says. And then she, uh, after the first time that she had to leave uh, and go to another station, she said, it hurt so bad that I decided I wouldn't ever get that close to someone at a destination ever again. And she told me this, and I'm like, Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is that when, when we were in Taiwan, there would be um, fighter pilots. It was during the beginning of the Vietnam War. It was 1966. Uh, hadn't been declared a war yet. Uh, however, we were, we were doing missions and things uh, from, from Taiwan and I think Clark Air Base but, uh, in the Philippines. But um, a lot of pilots would come through. And what's interesting is uh, a lot of these pilots were um, – uh, pilots that uh, that they were college friends or friends of college friends, people that they had met around and various bases, and they all kind of came together and and uh, and it's interesting because they were always throwing parties or always celebrating. It was almost this I don't know if I'm coming back, you know, after the next mission kind of thing atmosphere. Uh, and um, so everybody kind of like embraced the moment and uh, lived for the moment. That was that would characterize that particular era where in, in that particular part of the world where uh, this sort of this battle was going on and these men were going off flying and doing missions and they didn't know if they were going to come back. Uh, however, it's interesting that and I told her I asked her I said, you did you ever uh, have a, a point when you would allow yourself to, you know, to just kind of open up to friends. And it's interesting because she said yes, because it, it, there were friends that there was, there's a, you always have a handful of friends, a nucleus, so to speak, of, of mm-hmm. friends. No matter where you are in the world, you always connect. Um, back in the day, there was no social media, no Facebook, no computers, none of that internet. You, you, you only had to, you had to connect with people by snail mail. So you write a letter, you write a postcard to where you think they are, and then there's a forwarding address, and if they were really close, they'd let you know their address changed. Uh, 
which is what they would do. They'd send a letter off and say, my address is going to be changing. We're moving to so-and-so. Here's our new um, OPS, OP address. And, and, you'd, um, and, and that would happen. But it's really interesting because when you – I know when I was just writing about it in a podcast, a, a couple of podcasts ago on My Life Moves podcast about letting, about letting go and, and how every two years I – we knew we had – everybody knew that there, our time was limited. Wherever we went, uh, we went to a high school in Turkey or a high school, an elementary school in, uh, in Taiwan or the Philippines or wherever it was. Upstate New York went to a high school. And you went to a lot of high schools and elementary schools. I went to a lot of high schools and elementary schools. And you make friends. You create relationships. And every relationship teaches you something. You learn something about mm-hmm. yourself. You learn something about the other person. And it, it's what's unique about that is that if you kind of go into it in the right way, you can learn a lot about yourself. And it's just this little journey that has all of this, these twists and turns and you don't know where it's going or what, what's happening, depending on the kind of relationship it was. But I remember, I know for me, I had to just simply let go of some people. There was no one I could no way I could keep in touch with everyone at the time. There was no internet. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. you cut it, you know, I'm leaving the next day. You just make the best and the most of, of every moment. And I learned to live that way. Nowadays, you don't necessarily have to live that way because you've got an instant connection with somebody on a text thread or, a, uh, or uh, an internet social media site. You do, you, it's, to me, it's different nowadays. It's different. How do you develop a, a, a depth of relationship that you need to, uh, to, make, to have in order to really uh, evolve as a person, as a, as a, as a human soul in this, in this earthly plane that we're all uh, playing around in? Um, and I know that for me, being authentic was, is, is incredibly important. Nowadays, a lot of young people worship musicians and uh, sports uh, stars, sports personalities, and television and movie personalities. I want to be like this person. I want to be like that person. So they mimic themselves after that person. And really what, what being in a relationship does is help you understand who you are. And that is the value of any friendship on up, is to mm-hmm. learn who you are, not to mimic somebody else, to learn what your own authenticity is. And um, so, so that's, that to me is where, is where you, you begin. If you've been hurt in the past, if you've had your heart stepped on, as I say it, everyone's, so to speak, um, you, you have to uh, come away from the sadness and the grief and shutting yourself down and move into uh, a, a kind of continue to be, to open yourself up a little bit. To me, vulnerability is very important. That word is not one that's used with a lot of men uh, in this day and age. Uh, it's not a bad word. In my view, it's a good word. It's a great word. Um, being vulnerable, opening yourself up, telling others how you feel uh, about them and recognizing how you feel when you connect with them. And in, in whatever way it, you go out for, for, for dinner or you go out for lunch or you go out for some drinks, you share something, a movie together or whatever it may be. Um, vulnerability is incredibly important. Every guy I know, we all hug each other deeply. All of my friends. Oh, that's wonderful. We get together. One, yeah, we've got to have you know, big hugs, man, big hugs. Um, and I just talked to one of my best friends today uh, who I met uh, at a jazz festival about 10, 12 years ago. 
and he's turned into uh, getting one of those one of those brothers from another mother. And uh, we we always end the call with, "Hey, I love you, man. I love you, and take care of yourself." And That's wonderful. You have a nucleus of people, four or five people, maybe. It's not it's not like you've got a thousand people you do this with. Everybody should have a nucleus of about three to five friends. I know you do. People that and you, they don't may not live in town. They may live somewhere else in the world. However, it's a connection that you you curate, um, and they know everything about you. You know everything about them. You share things with them. You share your vulnerabilities with them. That's so important to have that somebody you can share uh, yourself with, and they're not judgmental, right? They're uh, always loving, always supportive, uh, not looking to cure anything that's going on with you or heal anything other than being there as a as a supportive source that you can turn to and maybe talk something out. Uh, and uh, tell me, I, I know you've got somebody like that. You've got you've got a nucleus of friends, right? Oh, I absolutely. And you know, Michael, when you <laughs> when you said that about your mother, I thought. Uh, you know about the the quote is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all and you know, as, as humans i think that we crave connection um, we're just we're very social oh, yeah. beings mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. when we don't have that you know when we don't put ourselves um in that space of vulnerability of maybe you know allowing ourselves to be seen which you know for women you know you it's it, you can use the metaphor of makeup you know they get up in the morning and they put their makeup on and they're ready to face the day you know they can kind right. of hide behind that now during the whole pandemic people could hide behind their mask and there was a certain vulnerability i think in removing that because <laughs> i don't know mm-hmm. what it was Still is. it gave people a, a, Still is. a false sense of security they weren't really being seen you know the sometimes the fear of being hurt or rejected or ignored um, you know or even getting our needs met can be very frustrating and you know it can be very fearful I I really like you know researcher Brené Brown said vulnerability is about having the courage to show up and be seen and and I really love that because when you are seen you don't worry about you know am I going to make a fool of myself you know it's like <laughs> do, I, do I have something in my teeth or whatever it is it, it's like whoever you're with that you're being seen you know whatever new friend or like you said you give them a big hug they love you no matter what you know they they accept you they nurture you you know whatever it is you may not always see eye to eye but you can pick right up you know if it's if it's a week later or 10 weeks later or 10 years later just where things just left off you know because you have that deep connection and I think that a lot of that is allowing yourself to be vulnerable and recognize that it doesn't mean that you're weak it just means that you're open um, and and with even you know with the ability to to share what it is that you need I don't know you know in so many relationships it's so hard for people to vocalize their feelings and explain what it is that they need and so like you said there's a lot of hurt 
you know, if you're not getting what you need, sometimes a relationship ends because there's no communication. And, you know, maybe years later you think, oh, well, I wish I would have said this, or maybe something would have been different if I just would have opened up a little bit more. Um, and, you know, they, there's the lesson. they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the lesson. You know, it's like, not to interrupt you, but I mean, in terms of, to stay on this point, when you, 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 you have to take something. From the relationship, you, you sit and you you. Uh, um, I'm not into doing forensics at the time. I'm involved in something. However, afterwards, uh, and after I've moved on, I've kind of let it go. Sometimes I like to revisit things and kind of do a little forensic of, you know, why that didn't work out as well. You know, kind of a forensic analysis myself for my own understanding, and sometimes that'll involve um, a few years later a conversation that allows you to be so far out of the moment, so far removed from it, and the other person too, that you can you can sit down and you can have a conversation or, with them and kind of say, well, what do you think happened? In your view, what, what happened? And, mm-hmm. and you can say, in my view, this is what happened. And, and you can learn from it. In the heat of the moment, there's a lot of emotions flying uh, when there's a, a situation where there's a, a breakup of friendship or relationship of, of you know, intimate relationship, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever, that you, um, there's so much emotion, uh, emotionally charged energy uh, that it is, it is very challenging to actually get to the real root of what's going on. And as you said, people don't communicate. And in my view, it's because, you know, we are uh, products of our environment. Maybe your parents you grew up with didn't communicate. Mm-hmm. And you think that's what relationship is about, is, is not communicating feelings. A lot of men uh, don't communicate their feelings within the context of relationships. Uh, you don't see, you never saw your parents talking about things. And so you, it's foreign to you. And so uh, we are the product of, of all of our relationships. And maybe that just didn't happen yet. And the, the important thing about communicating is, as I've learned, um, is, is to be as truthful and honest and authentic as you can in that moment based on how you feel, how you feel in that moment. You're not, maybe whatever you're saying isn't the absolute, you know, 100% of, 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 of what's happening with you because you haven't really figured that out yet, yet you have to be able to communicate something so you can communicate. Um, the truth of who you are in that moment, in that mm-hmm. moment in time. It, it, presently, right now, this is how I feel, and this is how I feel within the context, within this relationship. This is this this gets me. This irks me. You know, this kind of turns me the the wrong way. You know, and and this upsets me. And I'm I'm big on one thing. We have a we have the ability to control our our thoughts our feelings, our uh, inner conversations, and our actions and responses to life. We have to take charge of those. It's called, it's part of sovereignty. It's part of, of, um, uh, of our personal sovereignty. You have that right to control those things. And, and I'm all about mitigating the outside influences that seek to control those things within me. I'm responsible for my feelings. And if you are in a relationship 
if you're in a relationship, you have to take responsibility. You have to be accountable for what you're thinking, what you're saying, the actions you're taking at all times. You can't blame somebody else because you did something or because you feel a certain way. This is a lot that, that goes on, and it, it happens to um, for somebody who I've seen in, 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 in the past who has been uh, – who's, who's not being vulnerable, not being open – to the person that they're with, not being truthful, not being authentic, uh, sort of playing a role and not very well, uh, and and saying and dancing around the truth of, of of what they're thinking and feeling, it is it is challenging. That, no relationship can work under those under those terms. The two people have mm-hmm. to literally uh, come to grips with with being honest with each other. Otherwise. You're, 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 there's no growth within the context of the relationship. It's about mm-hmm. every every relationship for, for for me at least. Every relationship is a is an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to learn and evolve as a human being within the context of something that is that is very intimate. It could be an intimate friendship, it could be an intimate relationship, whatever it is. It's intimate based on the fact that it's it's um, it's it's someone you're sharing yourself with, you know, who you are, the essence of who you are. Uh, with and uh, so um, that that to me is is quite it, it's 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 important. It's the kind mm-hmm. of the bedrock for me. And I'm I'm going to tell you I'm be flat out and saying that I wasn't always the best communicator. It was very challenging for me to communicate during my first uh, relationship, my first uh, breakup, my first divorce after 15 years. Um, you not and because James I. Bond. Yeah, you know? really. Uh, I mean, James really. Bond. If you look at the, you look yeah. at the evolution of James, you know, of James Bond, right? <laughs> it, there it is, right on the screen. James you Bond. know, and, yeah. as you said, it, you know, he, it was a different era, right? And he right. grew. As you, I haven't seen this movie, but I mean, yeah, that's what it made me think. Oh, of. you need you you need to see it. It's it, what what's interesting is. When I when I tell people what I got out of a movie and what and they tell me what they got out of a movie, it's like two different things. I'm watching for specifically for how the writer of the movie is portraying these characters and how these characters are evolving throughout the the time that they're on screen. That's what I'm looking for, and mm-hmm. I'm always loving them. I love movies that show relationships that where people in those relationships continue to evolve, they stumble, they fall, they get up again, and they discover something about themselves uh, after that uh, because of, as a result of the fall. And if they'd never fallen, they never would have discovered whatever it was about themselves. Nothing mm-hmm. is perfect. Perfection is a moving target, and it's better to stumble and fall and, and become and evolve as a, as a, a human soul because that's you know, without without falling, you're not going to evolve. It, it's you're just, 100% you don't evolve. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to stumble, you got to fall, yep. you got to trip, you got to make mistakes, you got to have, you got to deal with that. You got to have those uh, misfortunes and and uh, uh, unfortunate circumstances uh, in order to uh, be given the ability to make choices. And mm-hmm. then you have to live with those choices, be accountable for those choices all the time. I'm, I'm accountable in this relationship is probably one of the most challenging ones I've, I've had in my life, uh, the relationship mm-hmm. I'm in now for 20 years, uh, 21 years this next month. Uh, and it's one of the most challenging ones, and it's the reason why I'm here. It's the reason why I'm still in this relationship. Uh, you know, I've, I've, already, 
I've I've already seen that uh, grass is greener on the other side thing, and that's uh, it's, it's not always greener. People say, oh, you know, if I had so if I was with so and so, listen, everybody's got baggage. <laughs> right. Everybody has baggage, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when I, in, when you bring that baggage into the relationship, and that baggage is based on again previous experiential wisdom. Maybe you maybe it wasn't wisdom you were experiencing. Maybe it was something else um, that you um, and and. and you weren't open. You weren't vulnerable. You weren't honest. You weren't authentic. You were uh, being uh, being uh, portraying uh, a role, so to speak, and uh, not being open with that particular individual. I I've seen actually people. I've actually seen people who have who um, are looking to looking for love, looking for relationship, mm-hmm. and they are um, being inauthentic. In so that they can actually somehow snare the opposite sex or or same sex whatever the person that they're they that they're uh, they want in their lives they've got this vision of this person and uh, a laundry list of things that they that they want this other person to have and they have maybe eight of them but not all ten or they got five of them but not all ten and you're like what <laughs> we have mm-hmm. to accept everything about everyone. In our yep. relationship. I, I couldn't Even agree our, more. And I, I think you're absolutely right. No matter how successful or beautiful or perfect somebody appears, they all, everybody, it doesn't matter how they have flaws, mm-hmm. imperfections. They're, they have embarrassing stories, mistakes, whatever it is, things that they oh, want yeah. to forget. And, and as you said, people are insecure. You know, you're not the only one who feels awkward or wish, you know, certain things could be different. I mean, I think that's the biggest trick or the biggest secret to recognize that we all have our our flaws but you need to embrace your authentic self um, and love yourself and then love yourself some more and you know for our, our listeners here on connect to love michael i would love to hear some of your tips and tricks on what you do to embrace your authentic self or what you have done in the past or what you've witnessed somebody else do uh, that you thought was really significant that impacted you? One of the most challenging things for me to, to actually do was, um, was reveal mistakes. I think it's important to reveal stumbles, falls, mistakes, um, to actually reveal that you are fallible as a human being. Nobody's perfect. And People, uh, you know, want to portray themselves as, as perfect individuals. Everything's gone right. I went to the right school. I had the right grade point average. I had this. I had that. Um, however, you really know that you're connecting with someone, and you know you're being open with that with that person, be it a friend, a new friend, uh, or or in a relationship in the context of an intimate relationship. That when you are willing to talk about every ridiculous mistake you've Every, or not even every, but just a, a one or two of your worst <laughs> mistakes, things that you did and you say, you know, and you look back on them and you, and you go, yeah, that was, a really, that was a really dumb thing to do or that, that thing was not my finest moment. Um, let's share mm-hmm. our not-so-finest moments with, with, with people. Not everyone. People that you connect with. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, because, you know, nowadays, you sure you're not so funny at the moment. right into my head right when you were talking? <laughs> <laughs> Come funny. on, what was, what was it? What was it? I want to know. My not know. so funny. It, it's funny. It took me right back to high school, and I was babysitting these kids. And, you know, you know you're know, you a young girl who you know, has these young boys who come to say hello, and, you know, I didn't let them in the house. And the one gentleman, the one young man I was talking to outside and his friend, unbeknownst to me, went into the house and um, took some liquor from the people that I was babysitting. And I had no idea that he did this. And a few days later, the people that I was babysitting called me and asked me to come down. And and they asked me if I took their liquor. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And, you know, but I had to admit that I allowed you know, these uh-huh. young men that come down to the house. <laughs> and it was, yeah. I I mean, it was humbling and I was mortified. I mean, I, you know, I felt that I had betrayed their trust. I mean, it oh, yeah. was, you know, you talk about a really hard lesson. I think I was maybe in uh, ninth or 10th grade in high school. And it was a tough lesson. And, and I felt betrayed by the, the two young men you know, whether or not the one knew that the other one was doing it. But it was, um, yeah, it was it was a very humbling experience. And <laughs> you just took me right there. How many years ago was that? <laughs> it was crazy. That is, yeah, those are those moments when you know you have to be honest. What's interesting, oh, sure. and this is something that I've, yeah, I've found out um, the most, the hard way. Uh, is that it's better to just tell the truth no matter how hard it hurts. Just tell the truth. And mm-hmm. because if you if you tell any kind of lie, white lie, sideways lie, leftways lie, it, it could be it's, you know sort of a half truth. Um, the other half will come back to bite you in the rear. At some Absolutely. point, it'll come back. It, mm-hmm. it could. It might be the next day. It might be twenty years later. It might be later in life at some point. Um, and I learned this in, in the business uh, that I was in um, and in, in life, that, that you, have to be, you have to be honest with yourself and with them. And those are the mistakes that you actually make. You, you make mistakes because you didn't tell uh, everything that you should have. You shouldn't, didn't say everything that you, you, you should have said. And you... Uh, and, and, and literally, and you don't feel good about it. it, it it's the way you feel. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say I've been the most, uh, you know, I, I've not been the most uh, <laughs> honest person in a relationship sometime earlier on in, in, you know, 30, 40 years ago in, in, in my life. I, I, I cared about the opposite sex. I cared about, uh, um, about people's feelings. And, I wanted to make sure that that I I wasn't following this model of of some of the other people. Where I was in a band when I was twelve years old, thirteen years old, That's fourteen amazing. years old. I was so. in a band. <laughs> yeah, I was in what? I was in a band. Now we're we're having a good time. About nine piece band back in the in the in the seventies, seventy one, seventy two, seventy three, and um, even in nineteen seventy four. Actually, uh, about four years we're heavily in the, in the music, playing all over the place, playing weddings, playing this, playing that. Uh, playing in a teen club, playing in the officers club, the NCO club, we're always playing somewhere. And the, the guys I was running with, the guys who were in the band, were 
kind of like I would say James Bond class womanizers. <laughs> I mean, they were. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, I'd watch some of the things that they did, and I said, I don't ever want to do that. <laughs> so it was a great. It was a. They were great role models for what not to do, uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, I said no. I would. I would be honest. I would be uh, incredibly honest with with women uh, that I got together with in the future. Uh, and I have been. Um, I'm not going to say I've followed that completely, but I've learned that when you that you you really don't feel good about yourself when you don't tell the truth within the, within the your relationship you and as a matter of fact just don't even do anything that would have to lead to you telling the truth about something um, and just turn it down just say you know I, I get I get approached um, every once in a while by women online and otherwise first thing I tell them is I'm in a committed relationship <laughs> you know I'll slip it in there somehow <laughs> initially in the first right. because I know what's going on I'm not stupid I'm not naive I know what's happening. They see my picture. They read my profile. They do this and and uh, hey. And when 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 the the, the communication starts with hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'm going okay. I know where this is going. You know. So let me come right out and say that uh, I'm in a committed relationship and we were having a good time this weekend. You know. And if I hear from them again, then I know I know I was right. Right. I hear. I, mm-hmm. I know I was right. Rather than start a conversation and string people on and and you know I see guys do some of the most ridiculous things out of I don't know ego or hubris or something and I, I'm just saying it's it's better just to be you know no song and dance let's just be be honest it's very challenging mm-hmm. to do because you have to being honest means um, again uh, being vulnerable being vulnerable yep being vulnerable yeah and I think Michael you know it's it's important you you talk about embracing your mistakes you know I think your mistakes make you human they give you a wealth of experience to draw on they help you help other people um, I think that they can make you stronger um, certainly you know there were some character strengths that I gained from from my experience and you know I I think that a lot of times when we do humble ourselves, it, it is a reminder, um, you know, that maybe, you know, we need to, you know, regroup, you know, we need to revisit, we need to look at how we're treating ourselves. Um, we know sometimes we don't treat ourselves as well as we would treat a friend or somebody that we love. And, um, you know, I think as you, you, re, you remind everybody so often that what we do has a ripple effect beyond what what it is we impact other people's lives whether we realize it or not so in your kindness and saying you know what I'm in a committed relationship I'm you know you are setting a standard you're being setting an example and you know you're letting somebody see you know what what's ethically and morally the type of person that you are I think good thing because you're very aware of who you are you know you're very yeah. self-assured you're yeah. at the point in your it, life that, it's taken mm-hmm. it's taken 40 years um i think that for somebody who's if somebody's listening to this uh radio show who's in their 30s 
and thinks that uh, you know who's, who's had you know breakups or this and that. Um, I look at, I mean, I've been through two divorces, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm saying I'm the poster child for uh, for being in a, an extremely long relationship. But I think 20 years of being in a relationship, could be in a relationship without even having to be married uh, during that time, 21 years this year, um, it, it 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 takes work. It takes work because the things that you the things you have to be honest about the things about yourself and understanding that the other person has flaws and getting to know what those flaws are and not taking advantage of those flaws, not exploiting them, just seeing them mm-hmm. as 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 and accepting them. I think one of the things, you know, we talk about is self discovery. Self discovery. Um, my entire life has been one of self-discovery, and I know yours has too, although that's not a term that most people um, apply to their life is self-discovery. It's, um, we are continually discovering who we are, continually. Yeah, and, and relationships are one of the few ways, I think it's the main way, that we discover who we are and mm-hmm. what we're about. Uh, and uh, one of the one of the things um, that I, I I tell young people all the time is that and, and nowadays especially when when there's people are connecting with other people they don't know and they have mm-hmm. an expectation that these other people will uh, will acquiesce to to what they say and what they do and that they'll acknowledge them. Because what we're looking for as a human being is acknowledgement. It's one of our basic needs. Everybody wants to be acknowledged for what they do. And the one thing that what I see happening is that a lot of people have not discovered what their own talents and gifts are yet. Yet they're Mm -hmm. out there actually riding on the coattails of someone else's talents and gifts, right? I know everything about this basketball player or this football player. I know everything about this musical artist and what they did and where they went and whatever. And I follow them and I, I'm, you know, I'm whatever. I'm one of their groupies. Yet, you're on the coattails of somebody else's talents. What are your talents? What are you good at? Your own, your, your path of self-discovery should, should really entail what you're good at. What, what, what innate talents and gifts you were born with. And, and let me tell you why this is important. Because those from being involved in those talents and gifts, if you're good with your hands and you're doing something with your hands and you, you do it through art or you do it through woodworking or drawing, whatever it may be, knitting even, um, you, you get a sense of, of satisfaction that grounds you. As, as a person. And mm-hmm. what I find is when you don't understand what you're good at, what, what, what you can do that, that, has, that brings you a, a sense of success and satisfaction, it, 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 there's sort of, sort of something hollow there. And you're, you're looking outside of you for, for acknowledgement and for understanding when you have, it's a part of the self-love process. I can go to somebody I can say, look, I, I write and I produce a podcast. I love it. Uh, it helps, I don't know, one person or a dozen or a thousand. It doesn't really matter. Um, I play the drums and I love it. I enjoy when I do that. I don't do it for other people. I do it for me. 
If I get out and I have to play with somebody, great. That's just a bonus. However, I enjoy doing it for me. I enjoy working with wood. You know, I like Mm -hmm. painting. You know, I like this, and I'm good at those things. One of the things that happens is you get this pillar within you of solidity. It's this, it's this solid, you know, it's a three-legged stool you can stand on. And you, if, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, instead of a two-legged stool, you're always falling off of. You know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a solid base. You know who you are. You understand um, what you're good at. You, you pursue those things in your, in, your, in your quiet time. When you get together within the context of a relationship, you have, again, a three-legged stool to stand on. And then you can say, I'd like to get to know you. I know me, and I'm continually getting to know me. I'm a work in progress. We all are. Uh, However, I know enough about myself to be confident about myself, and that, bringing that to a relationship is a whole, is a game changer. It's a game changer. Mm -hmm. Because a a lot of these movies and books and all this other stuff that's out there in the creative world portrays a relationship as someplace you go to be whole. And to me, that's problematic. It is someplace where you can expand your understanding of yourself. However, it's up to you to work on being a whole person. starts with you and what you do, what you're good at, um, and, and, you know, schools used to do this. Back when I grew up, we had auto shop, metal shop, mm-hmm. sheet metal shop. We had art. We had woodworking. We had, oh, my gosh, everything, right? You could, and you spent at least one period a day in that, in that class, and you get, got to show. You try one one semester, you try one the next, and all of a sudden you go, wow, you know, I made this thing. I made this thing, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was a, it was a napkin holder, right? It was something crazy like that. You made a napkin holder. I think my mother still has the napkin holder, okay, that I made back in, you know, the beginning of high school. Um, however, what happens is you're exposed to something that is unique to you and you alone. Mm-hmm. And that, from that, you can derive a tremendous amount of strength and self-confidence that you can that you can bring into the context of a relationship whatever kind it may be and it just it's it's just transferred you 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 get the sense of confidence and now it's a it's where do you derive that sense of confidence from you don't even know what you're you're putting yourself out there on social media and expecting to get you know uh, dozens or hundreds or thousands of people or millions of people to to respond to to you doing whatever dancing you're doing um you may be a good dancer, but if you're looking for somebody else to acknowledge that you're a good dancer, then there's something missing. You know, you have to mm-hmm. believe and think, I'm a good dancer. I, I'm, I, you know, and, I, and I, I derive joy from doing this, not because I'm putting it out there and I'm expecting other people to acknowledge that I am, but because, hey, uh, because I am good. I work at this. And if it becomes a, 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 a something you do for a living, great. If not, not a big deal, but you know at least that's one of the things that you're good at. People call me, you know, it's funny. Somebody called me a renaissance man like 25, 30 years ago. Oh, you play music. Oh, you do art. Oh, you write books. Oh, you do this. And, the, and that, that concept of renaissance man came up, and I'm going, wow, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. However, we all have the ability to, to do that. 
Um, back in the right. day, I know I, I knew girls who used to work on other girls' hair at their house. Come on over, I'll do your hair, I'll color your hair, whatever it is, right? Um, and and that was a way of of connecting with uh, with uh, with uh, someone uh, as a as a as a friend. But this is it, you know, self discovery, um, letting go of, of mistakes and 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 doing a forensics later, years later on them, not in the moment because the how and the why of what happens in the moment is not so as important as as what actions you're going to take to move beyond it. And in the heat of the moment, emotionally, it's very challenging to actually do any kind of forensic analysis because your emotions are are covering the whole thing or uh, contaminating everything. You have to step away from something for a while to be able to kind of look at it. But, um, you know, all of this is about opening yourself up and being vulnerable, allowing people to, to put, putting yourself in a position where someone can put footprints on your heart. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's about opening up and putting yourself in a position where that can happen and letting it happen and learning from it. And if it doesn't go well, so be it. You, you got it. You just, you let it go and you move on. And when you're through the emotional, um, whatever uh, upheaval of associated with it, when they've subsided and you can think clearly, you can go back and you can look, think about what happened and uh, maybe next time do something different. You know, it's right. a, there's no cut. There's no, there's no black and white here. There's a lot of gray area. Yeah, and I think, Michael, I, I, you know, you talk, you speak about vulnerability and how it makes us grow and how it makes us learn. But, you know, when you have a challenge, like you said, you know, maybe it didn't go well. Guess what? That might be the game changer for you. That may be the the pivot mm-hmm. point that you need to to really expand what it is that you're doing. And mm-hmm. I I really I love the idea of. Um, self-discovery and self-awareness, I think that that is something we should definitely expand on on another show because I think that both of those open up a path for you to continue to grow, learn, and explore, and also to be in a space of gratitude because when you do that, you know, you can, you know, and you put yourself and you really love with your whole heart without conditions, which is what you do when you embrace a friend of yours with a big hug, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you you open up to a different space of, of gratitude and joy. And I was just listening to uh, a show and they were talking about the different dimensions and how in the third dimension, it's all about, you know, materialism and sex and money mm-hmm. and being seen and whatever. And then, you know, you go mm-hmm. into the fourth dimension where you're expanding into, you know, and how do you get there? You you get there through gratitude and love. And then when you get to the fifth dimension, it's all about oneness. There is no separation. It's only that connection. It's what we do the show mm-hmm. for. It's that connection to love. And I mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. like that because, I'm not, you know, I mean, not that you don't go back and forth between the dimensions, but, geez, if I could spend more time in a place of gratitude and joy and then, you know, really feel that oneness from my neighbor where when you do give them that hug, you feel their heart. I mean, there is nothing like a hug like that. And I know you give one. <laughs> I could just, I just know you do. Yeah. Because that, that's well, you know, that space. Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget one other thing. There's something um, we have to do in, in, in opening up 
um, we have to do things intentionally from a perspective of contrast because we want contrast in our life. And uh, a lot of times if the word does, doesn't, doesn't come up, people don't think about it. Uh, however, um, you, you know, you, you're not going to know what not being loved is until you've been loved deeply. Mm-hmm. And so you, understanding that contrast, you're able to then work within, within that to, to say, hey, I love this and I'm not really liking of this, so this is what I want to uh, shoot for in my life. I want, I want this kind of connection. And again, uh, I, I dare anybody to tell me they've got more than a, a circle of maybe five uh, people that they're really, really, really solidly close to that they have a deep connection with, that they can share what's going on in their life and, and their foibles and mistakes that are happening and, and how they really feel about themselves. And, and uh, that is, it is so, so very important. And the question is, what's the mechanism nowadays for, for that? If you have one, um, you definitely can have another and another and another. And you can have, and, and in any given moment, one may be one you're connecting with more than anybody else. I have uh, friends I haven't talked to for a couple of years. We could get together and we could talk for hours. Um, and, and honestly, about ourselves, and we give each other big hugs and, and say we love each other. And, and then another three years goes by and we'll do it again. And others you'll talk to you know, every week. Some you may talk to, you know, every other, every other month. Uh, somebody talked on the phone. So this is, you know, the contrast of, of the, uh, is, is incredibly important from that perspective. Self-discovery, uh, putting yourself in a position to be vulnerable so you can experience the contrast in life. You have to, okay? PRNFM, I love it. I was going to, I was sharing this with somebody just the other day. Um, want our, our listeners to know that you have a new Instagram page, Instagram, and it's called? Connect, and then the number two, Love Energy. So it's Connect to Love Energy um, on Instagram. Yep, and we're just starting to put content out, so be patient with us. But <laughs> it's an exciting we new uh, adventure. And, uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we want to hear from you, too. That um, yeah, definitely so. Um, and uh, to our listeners out there, uh, either on Pure FM or through the podcast, um, we love you and appreciate you. Um, Lisa and I love these conversations, and if you have a comment, we'd love to hear what it is. Lisa, can you tell our listeners where to send their comments if they have some? Uh, so email? Connect, yeah, connect, and then the number 2love at gmail.com. So that awesome. is, um, yeah, I know yeah, we absolutely would love to hear from you. And, and your thoughts on where you've been vulnerable, um, some successes, your frustrations, uh, what it is that you'd like us to, to delve into. I mean, we're open to every yeah. every discussion. I mean, we're just uh, so excited and honored to be with you each week. It just, um, so it fills, I know it fills my heart. I know it fills Michael's heart um, with you. Just it's something that we look forward to each week. And um, there's just, uh, so much more to discover and I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'll let you Keep close this, yeah. out the show, Michael. Well, thank you. Keep discovering yourselves um, as, as you listeners out there uh, of ours on, on uh, wherever you may be. Uh, be open to discovering more about yourself. and That's where the great joy is in life. It's not about facts. Um, facts are thrown around way too much. Um, you know, the who, what, when, why, where, it's more about, hey, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel about you? How do you feel about your life? 
um, and letting others know, sharing with others how you feel about, uh, about anything. Um, feelings should be the topic of conversation, not facts, uh, because facts, they come, they go. There's no feeling in facts, but there's feeling in conversation and togetherness. So um, move in that direction, and you'll find that there'll be uh, a lot more well-being in your life, a lot more joy, a lot more happiness, a lot more satisfaction. Okay? Great to be with you. Thank you. you. Likewise. Thank you.